0: Good evening herb so it is our celebration today of what God has done over the what on earth am i sorry over the what on earth am I here for series and it 's been a really amazing series. I really hope that you 've enjoyed it um, and that you 've had a space to journey with us and I really want to encourage you to not forget the journey now. You know, purpose is something that we kind of always continue to think about and to look to. And these aspects of purpose we've been speaking about over the series are always relevant and they're always going to like mean something, right? And the discovery of something is only the beginning. And so discovering purpose should only be the beginning of this journey for you. It should be that now you continue to walk in how you apply and live out these things. And so I wanted to begin with that because There's going to be other sermon series and other things that we do, but I really believe that what God has imparted to us over this time is so important. And so, yeah, I want to encourage you not to kind of move on and just forget about this, right? But keep having these conversations. Keep doing this with other people. Tonight, we are talking about you are sent for mission. Can I click from the front? Is it working? It is not working. It will be working shortly. Nope. Okay. um, So tonight we have no slides for now, but we will see what God is going to do. Is it working now? Okay. Anyway, um, I'm just going to keep pressing it. And if something happens, just like wave or something. So tonight we are talking about the fact that you have been sent for mission. It is... The fifth purpose that God has created you for. So just to recap, these are the five purposes that we've spoken. Ha, ha, ha. Nope. Still not working. It's okay. Please will you just run them for me from the back. So the five purposes that we have spoken about over the course of the series is this. The first is that you are called to be loved by God. That you're created to be loved by Him, to exist in loving relationship with Him, and that He wants to continue walking in relationship with With you, if you can go to the second slide for me, that would be great. The second is that you are called, thank you, to belong to family. That you were not created to live in isolation, but that you are created to live in in relationships and to have family with you. The third thing that we spoke about is that you are called to become more like Jesus, to become Christ-like, and grow in your Christ-likeness. Last week, Greg spoke about the fact that you are shaped with gifts to do specific things specific to your gifts and passion here on earth. And what we're going to speak about today is that you've been sent with a mission. But all five of these, I believe all five of these make up our purpose. And so we actually miss purpose if we don't do one of these things, right? If we live in isolation, we miss a part of purpose. If we forget about the mission that Jesus has sent us on, we miss a part of purpose. If we forget about becoming like Christ and only focus on our gifts and what we're good at, we miss A part of purpose and all five of these we need to continue doing as we continue walking in purpose and so thanks and so as we look at what God has created us for we need to do all five of these things my favorite movie of all time is the Incredibles it is my absolute favorite favorite movie it is the best movie the world has ever seen in my opinion. Not because it's the most brilliant, but because the Incredibles are just the greatest. Like, they're just such a cool family. And the fact, like, the idea of being a family and fighting crime together is the coolest thing to me. Plus, I think that Elastigirl is the most useful superpower ever. And I wish I was Elastic. But I'm not going to talk about her tonight, even though she's my favorite. I am an Elastic fan girl. Um, Mr. Incredible. Let's talk about him. Mr. Incredible is cool because of his heart, right? Like what makes Mr. Incredible great it's not so much that he's a huge ball of muscles, but it's like how passionate he is about what he can do with all of his muscles. Like, that's what makes Mr. Incredible great. Because even when they're sort of outcast from being superheroes and they're not allowed to do it anymore, and it's 15 years into that, he's still trying to save people because he believes in his power. He believes that he can change the world one person at a time, one mugging incident at a time. And His passion for what he does is what makes Mr. Incredible great. He does make a lot of bad decisions in the movie, but his heart is what is so amazing to me and how much he, like, believes in what he does, that even if everybody else stopped believing in him, he still believed in what he could do. And this idea of us being able to change the world... It exists in you because you were created with a mission to change the world. It's not a coincidence that we make up these stories about superheroes and that we have this desire for power to just come and change a situation from injustice to justice, right? From right to wrong. All of us want to be people that change the world. We want to be a people that that have the power within us to just make wrong right. And so we make up these stories, and we do these things because of that desire. And the truth is that you were created to change the world. You were given a mission and power in that mission so that you could change the world around you. And that's, that's what we've been sent with today. I want you to think for a second about why you're here. And I don't mean like the purpose topic that we've been speaking about for five weeks, but why you are in Every Nation Rosebank tonight. What was it about Jesus' message that appealed to you, right, that led you to being here in every nation? I can almost guarantee that it was less about what you heard in the message and more about who you met that led you to being in every nation, Rosebank, today. Because the people that you meet and the relationships that you have impact how you live out the message and how long you stay living out that message. The next slide. If you can go to the next slide. This is the reason that I'm here tonight. This lady, if you know who this is, you've been in this church. This is Haley. She was the youth pastor when I joined the church. This is from my 21st birthday party. And as you can see on my face, um, Haley, when, when I first came, she would she was very patient with me i had a lot of questions i still have a lot of questions unfortunately haley's no longer here to answer all of them but I had a lot of questions about the faith, and there were a lot of things that Haley would meet with me about week after week, whether it was before the service, after the service, on a Friday or during the week. She made the time to meet with me, and she is the reason that I'm here, that she is the reason that I am still following Jesus, because she did what we call discipleship, right? Meeting with somebody to help them obey Jesus's commandments. That's what he told us to do, Matthew 28. and. And this is the reason that I'm here. And when we get to heaven, I am going to be a part of Haley's legacy. I am a part of what she has left behind in her life. I mean, I'm one of hundreds because Haley was amazing. But that is her legacy, right? And you are meant to have a legacy of people that you have shared the gospel with and that you have impacted that you will leave behind, so to speak, in your wake. People that you have discipled and you have walked with. You are part of someone else's legacy. And so this idea of, What is the mission that you have been sent? Well, this is it, to change the lives of people around you and change the world in so doing. Our scripture for tonight is 2 Corinthians 5, which says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Jesus, I thank you that you have given us both a message and power to bring that message to life in the world around us. And that this desire that we have to change the world gets satisfied in you because you have sent us with a mission, Jesus. And I I know, Lord, that so often when we speak about this, there's so much guilt that comes up and, and, and fear and shame. And I pray that none of these things would be the motivation, Lord God, for why we go but that it would be out of love, love for you, love for the world that you created that compels us to share this message with other people. I pray that wherever there is fear, wherever there is guilt, that we just lay that down right now, Lord God, and we look to you and we say, Jesus, help us do this because you would do this, because this is what is on your heart. We pray that, that, that as we speak tonight, that you would fan that flame in our hearts, Lord God, to change the world for you, to be on mission for you, Jesus. Amen. Great, so if anyone is in Christ, the new has come. What I love about this passage, I mean, there's so many things I love, but one of them is that it starts with describing what Jesus has done, and then it ends with describing how he did it, right? That Jesus has made us new and wiped the slate clean by swapping places with us, by becoming our broken, destructive behavior so that we could become his righteousness and that place of sonship that we get to trade Places with Jesus. And that that's why everything gets made new. Because when we get that position of sonship, all of our sin and our sinful habits get get wiped away. And we get that opportunity to be transformed into freedom. And that message is worth sharing, right? I don't know if you've ever wanted this, but I have many times. If you've ever wanted like God to just write in the sky, I am real, follow me, Has anybody else ever wanted that? Like, Jesus is it. That would be great. If if, if God could just write that in the sky, it would be a lot easier because it would feel like we don't have to convince people. But the scripture says that God is making his appeal through us, which means that you are his writing in the sky. Your life and your story is what Jesus is using to show people what he has done. And so we need to live with our lives open to people to see that before they even ask the question, we've already said, this is what Jesus has done in my life. This is who he is. This is what his peace looks like. This is joy because of Jesus. And living lives instead of hiding stuff from the world, but showing it plainly to the world that everyone could see this is Jesus. Jesus' message was pretty simple. He has come to seek and to save the lost. That's what he's done. That is what he is all about. And to be fair, he's done it, right? He died on the cross so that he could save us from sin, and he rose again so that we could have new life in him. And what we need to do, what you have been sent with, is the simplicity of this message, to tell the lost that Jesus has come to save you. That's it. He's given us two things that I want to touch on briefly, a message and a mission, a power behind that message right? To go and proclaim. So, firstly, the message. My greatest people. The message that Jesus has given us. I really love them. So I really love the Incredibles. Like, I feel like I know them. (laughs) So, I get a little distracted. Anyway, the message that Jesus has given us to preach to people is really simple, right? And the thing about preaching the message of the gospel is that people can't hear it unless you tell it. It's, that's physics. That is just plain logic, that people will not be able to hear and receive the message if you are never saying it. Who remembers this kid from, from the movie? Right. This kid, if you don't remember, saw Mr. Incredible picking up a car this one time. He was all upset, and so he picks up the car out of anger And then he was like, oh, darn, there's a little child here. And so then he puts the car back down and he walks away like nothing happened. But that kid throughout the rest of the movie was waiting because he had seen something incredible. And so he was ready for the next great thing to happen. It did not take a lot of convincing for this kid to come back. And this, we're supposed to be like this kid. When we have seen something amazing, it should not take a lot of convincing for us to be able to expect more and tell people, this is what Jesus has done. It should be this simple. And every Sunday, we are expecting God to do stuff, and we are trusting God for things, and we're seeing God doing it. And you know what we do with that? We keep it to ourselves. We tell our other church friends, why? Because it's easy to just tell it to Christians. And so we're missing that awe of this is what Jesus has actually done for you. It's like we've forgotten how bad it was before Jesus saved us. But what Jesus has done for your life, he wants to do for other people. And he is making his appeal through you. Romans 10 says... As Scripture says, anyone who believes in Him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I am sending you tonight. You are being sent. Take this message and tell it to other people. Don't wait for somebody to ask you. Just tell it anyway. If you have seen something good, tell the next person. When God has done something for you, tell them. Live life in such a way that people are looking at your life and they know Over and over again, Lire has told me, it is not that she is amazing, it is that God is amazing. When good stuff happens to her, she has already told me that it is God. Live life like that. The the other thing that Jesus gave us is this mission, right? And when I use the phrase mission now, I'm talking about the power infused in what we do to show that it is God and not us. Mm -hmm. When we receive Jesus Christ, we also get the opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit, to be filled with power. It's like not just seeing Mr. Incredible doing his thing. It's like actually being given superpower yourself that you can go and do amazing things. That is what you have been given. Matthew 10 says this. As you go, proclaim the message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. But then... Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. It is such a pity that we wait for miracles only here, right? Because we know God is good. There are people in the world that don't. And they need to see the power of the gospel. And yes, I want to I say this. Yes, you are contending with bad press about the church. Yes, you are. You are. It is not a secret that the enemy has sown doubt into the legitimacy of the church and that you are faced with that every day. But what, what conquers doubt and fear is love. And as you love people and as you continue to love people, then they will see Jesus in your life. And so for the fear of the media and what, what, what opinions people have, that's not a good enough fear to not do it. I've been reading through the book of Mark in my devotional, and I was just reading this one chapter. I think it was Mark 5. But it it was relaying the exploits of Jesus and the people that he was um, doing miracles for. And it just struck me how Jesus, the, the, the people that he ministered to, these are real people with real problems. Like, he is taking his power and meeting the cry of a real person. A woman who's been plagued with disease for 12 years that reaches out, and her life is completely changed by the power that she receives. A man who's lost his daughter, and Jesus raises her from the dead. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine how life-transforming that is? A guy who's blind that's calling out to Jesus, and Jesus turns and heals him. I mean, these for, for that person... The power of God transforming their lives. That is amazing. And when we walk around and see people's stuff, we go, you know I'm sorry. Because we forget that the power of God is within us to bring hope and truth and joy wherever we go. This is the mission, right? That we would show how good God is everywhere we go. But why don't we? Why don't we do that? Why do we let all these other things get in the way? I mean, if if it's so great, why are we, as children of God, not doing it? And basically speaking about Jesus' love and power here in the church where it's safe. I think that there are accusations made against us as believers that we have to address and overcome if we are going to walk in the fullness of this purpose. And those things... Going back to our principal scripture in 2 Corinthians 5, part of the reason that Paul wrote the book of 2 Corinthians, a second letter to the church in Corinth, was because there were accusations made against him, that his legitimacy as an apostle was in question. Basically, people were saying, This guy's life is a mess. Like, people are always trying to kill him, everything's always going wrong in his life. So, why should we trust his message? And so, Paul starts to address some of these accusations. So I want to speak about three accusations that we have to address, and this is the first one, that your message isn't relevant. As believers, well, as people, let me start with as people, when we're looking at stuff going down in the world, it's, we see the problems of society as that, problems of society, these like giants that we have to slay, right? And The the issues of society are huge. There is no doubt about that. And part of the reason that you are where you are, wherever you are in society, is because you are meant to bring godly ideas and solutions and, 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 and hope to that place. You are not there by coincidence. You need to stop seeing your workplace just as a place to make money, and you need to start seeing it as an opportunity to bring the kingdom of God because you have been put there for a reason. And wherever, however short or long you are there, it is worth viewing that place more as an opportunity for the kingdom than an opportunity for you. Darian said it so well this morning. He was saying that it, our specific gifts and callings make so much more sense when we remember our general calling that when we know how to use, uh, how, what our general calling is about reconciling the lost back with Jesus, then it makes sense why I have this gift and this talent, because then I can use this gift and this talent for that purpose. But if I just get caught up in the gift and the talent, then it never feels like it satisfies. And so we need to remember what, what the bigger picture is, right? So anyway, going to this accusation that your message isn't relevant. You know, the nature of organizing people into society, it's or the nature of creating organization is such as this. We, we organize, we create organization and organize people by delegating authority to a person or a group of people to lead that which we have now organized, right? That is the creation of organization. But when we delegate that authority, we tend to also delegate responsibility to those people. And so we say, you know what, as a, for example, the creation of government, as a society, we are delegating you, all the authority that we will follow your leadership to govern us. But then we tend to also delegate our responsibility to care for our society to those people as well. And we look to the organization as the, the answer to the ills of society. And we've done that with the church, where we've created organization, and we've delegated authority, and then also responsibility, that you are meant to save the world. But we're not. The church is not meant to be the people that only, like, I mean, the organized church, that changed the world. All of us as believers need to adopt back the responsibility that we have to change the world. So 2 Corinthians 1 says this, Praise be to God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So this concept of our message being relevant, what Jesus has done for you, right?, is just as relevant to the next person. And we allow the enemy to sow doubt in our minds when we start saying, my testimony is not going to change the ills of society. And we put um, the ills of society as the only thing that we should put our effort towards. It is absolutely something you should put your effort towards. I believe in bringing social change and social justice and reforming systems. But for the person in front of you, they need the power of the gospel. And they might not have a whole societal change that they want to speak into, but they need Jesus in that moment. And what we need to remember about our message being relevant is that society is made up of individuals. And it is individual people that need Jesus to meet with them. And whatever ill you have experienced and comfort you have received from God is the comfort that you extend to the person in front of you. When you're faced with somebody that's sick, instead of just going, you know, you should take a day off work, you should say to them, can I pray for you? I can guarantee you, not every time you pray, people are going to get healed. Unfortunately, it isn't exactly like being Mr. Incredible. But it is a journey that you get to go on with God, to partner with Him, because ministry is about partnering with God, to see change happening in lives around you. And so if you're going to preach the gospel, you need to know that your message is relevant because the person in front of you is a person that Jesus came to reach people. I heard this amazing testimony that I just want to share. It was on a podcast, so it's from another church, but they were having um, a a service of like praying for miracles and, and stuff like that. And there was a word of knowledge that came for learning disabilities which is not something we often think of praying for in the church, right? And this word of knowledge came, and so they, they announced it. And the gu- this guy came forward who was in his mid-40s, who had severe dyslexia to the point that he hadn't been able to complete his schooling properly because he wasn't able to read properly. He was unable to finish his education and so get a good job. And so they prayed for him. And he started being able to read, right? Right. How many of you know that that guy's life is changed forever? Because the power of Jesus manifested in his situation. And and for him, the gospel was so relevant. Do you see what I'm saying? That there are individual people that we meet and they need the gospel. And we need to think first of the individual and not first of the societal injustice. The second accusation that we have to address is... This idea that your life isn't trustworthy. And this is really the one that Paul was was writing to because they were looking at his life and saying, probably saying, look, I don't want that. So if that's your message, then I'm good. And this is what Paul writes to that. 2 Corinthians 4 says, thank you. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You are a jar of clay. You don't seem that excited about that. (laughs) What that means is you are meant to look imperfect and broken to the world so that the world sees Jesus in you and not your perfection. It is very hard to live. (laughs) Our society is based on the notion that we all hide our brokenness and hide our stuff so that we can look good all the time. And the way that we ask people, how are you, from to the way we do Instagram shows that. We're all about hiding our stuff. But if people are going to see Jesus in you, they will see it in how he shows up in your brokenness. And if we are going to be people that live with the message and the mission of Jesus Christ, we need to be willing to live saying, you know what? This is how messed up I am, and this is what Jesus has done in me. His power is made perfect in our weakness. And so the shame that we need to overcome, that our life has to be perfect for people to trust our message, has to be broken with the fact that Jesus will look good in your brokenness, right? And you need to be willing to show that in how you live your life. And yes, it is hard. I can guarantee it. But this is why, going back to 2 Corinthians 5, Paul says that love must compel us. From now on, we regard no one from a worldly perspective, which means it's not just about what that person thinks of me. It's about that person's soul is going to last forever, and either in one place or in another. And my looking good in this moment is not more important than the eternity of their soul. We need to be willing to carry our cross daily, right? That's what Jesus told us to do. And the cross was a very painful thing, but it was also a very public thing. Everybody saw it. And when Jesus said, carry your cross daily, that's what he was calling you to, to live a life where, yes, there is humiliation involved, and you don't look like you have it all together because you're pointing people to Jesus all the time to say, you know what, this is why. It's not because I'm super talented and amazing. It is because Jesus is gracious and good to me. And that's the message that we need to proclaim. That's the power that we need to display. And it must be from a place of love. You cannot be loving other people like this if you are not receiving God's love. You really can't. You need to stay in a place of drawing on Jesus' love all the time. It will, affect, um, it will affect how you do this. But I can also tell you this, that when you're feeling distant from God, starting to do this, starting to tell other people about how amazing he is, draws you back into that place with him. Last accusation that we need to address is that your brand is what matters. I read a really interesting article this week about millennials, um, and this is a quote from it. This guy, Josh Chen, said this. If you can go to the next slide. No, the next one. Sorry. They are a generation that's been marketed to their entire lives, so they view everything as a brand, which means they can be highly skeptical and for good reason. So. I was thinking about this idea of us being everything as a brand, and I was like, you know, it's kind of true. We do view Jesus as a brand, that like we wear in places where the brand looks good, and then we discard in places where it's not looking so good, that we kind of put him on and take him off depending on the crowd. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and in 2 Corinthians 5, when Paul calls us Christ's ambassadors, he's calling us to live that that message of always pro- portraying Jesus no matter where we are. And I think even the phrase ambassador has become attached to branding for us because of the concept of brand ambassadors. And we see it as almost this flaky thing that you're only proclaiming this message because you're paid to do it, you know. And so we view an ambassador standing up and saying that this is the way to go as something that's ingenuine. But if you go back to what branding, where it comes from, It comes from an image of ownership being burnt onto something so that no matter where that thing went, everybody knew who it belonged to. And we're meant to be branded with Jesus, right? Burnt with his image so that no matter where we go, people see who we belong to. Like, that's how we're meant to live. And so if we're going to live branded, like, let's do it right, right? living 100% unashamed, being like, you know what, maybe you don't like my brand, but that's okay, you know? I'm not living according to what you see as acceptable or not acceptable because this is my ownership. I've already been owned. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this is whose opinion matters most to me. And I live with that in mind because he's got me branded on his palm. And so if we're going to be people that proclaim the message of God, we need to get over this fear of what our brand looks like, right? And and how we're received or not received in society. I think there's such a feeling at the moment in the church of like disempowerment towards preaching the message of Jesus. It feels like yeah, when I was praying, this is, this is really what I was feeling, that it, it's, it's like we, we try and talk about Jesus and we're told that you're not allowed to enforce your opinion on anybody else, you know, keep that to yourself. Nobody wants to hear what you have to think, except I want you to hear everything that I have to think. And we feel like we, we have no place to talk about the person that we love most. And it, it becomes this feeling of disempowerment. And this, this is why we have to remember that the gospel is not just words, but it is power, It is power, and we need to remind ourselves that it is not about how convincing I am. It is about the power of the message that I bring. And when I am wanting to show somebody Jesus, let's start with power. Let's start with miracles. Let's start with praying for this person. Let me start with going into a meeting saying, Jesus, what do you wanna say? Jesus, what is that person thinking? What is going on here? That Jesus' power is intertwined with our everyday. So that it's not an extra thing for us to be talking about Jesus. It's a natural thing for us to be talking about Him. Because we're not living from a place of shame, but living from a place of passion. And that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. So... To wrap up, in conclusion, I I want us to be reminded of the power that God has given us, the power that he has filled you with so that you can proclaim this message everywhere that you go, that this this is not about your life being trustworthy or not, that you're okay to live openly saying, you know what, I'm broken and I messed up and I'm a jar of clay and this is why this treasure is not from me. It is about Jesus. And I live like that because I know that I am loved. I know where my ownership is. I know who I'm branded with, right? And that place secures me. But I don't stay just living in my little bubble of it doesn't matter what your opinion is. But because Jesus cares so much about you that he wants you to be changed, I do too. And so I'm coming with a message of power. That's how we should be living. I want to just highlight quickly before we wrap up the service, if you um, are needing like activation in this thing, I mean, attend Making Disciples course. It's an amazing course. It's happening on Saturday. You should definitely do that. It is a great space to practice and to figure out what you don't say, what you do say, blah, blah, blah. But another great way to do it is to go on a mission. And missions, we believe in 10 days missions. Here are some of the upcoming missions. I put the ones that are confirmed and are happening, and there are others that are in the life mag that you can also check out. But go on a mission if you need activation in this thing. If this is something that you struggle with, missions is for you. Even if you're good at it, missions are for you, right? That we need to be a people that, that live this out. And sometimes being in a setting like this helps us to know how to live it out. So I wanted to highlight that. But let's close in prayer. Jesus, I thank you that every single person here has been sent with specific mission, Lord God. You've put us in specific places with specific gifts so that we can bring the kingdom to earth. That we are meant to be a people that look at situations around us and we trust in your power, your ideas, your ability. And I pray that as We look to you right now, Lord God, that you would fill us again with the conviction that we have been sent by you with a mission. That you would fill us again with the conviction that as we proclaim your message, you will follow it with signs and wonders. That we're not doing this alone. It is not us who makes us competent. We don't have to write letters of commendation about ourselves. It is you and your power that proves that you are real. And I pray that we would allow you to make your appeal to the world through us. Lord, wherever we have been afraid, we we just refuse to live under that fear anymore. We refuse to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We refuse to be ashamed of who you are because we know that this is the power unto salvation. I pray, Lord God, that you would activate and stir up within us a way of thinking that looks at the world and sees the people that you wanna meet, real people, that you wanna impact their lives. And I pray that we would see the world like that. Church, I don't wanna miss this opportunity. If there is anybody here that hasn't chosen to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you haven't made a decision Have Jesus save you from your sin and your brokenness? Or if you feel like you need to make that decision again, like it's been a while, then I want to pray for you. And if that's you, would you mind raising your hand where you are so that I can see you and pray with you? Thank you. Is there anybody else that wants to make that decision? Thank you. I see you at the back there. Is there anybody else? stand together. I want to ask that if you did raise your hand, I would love to lay hands on you and pray with you in person. So would you mind just bringing your belongings and coming to the front so that I can pray with you? Can we give them a round of applause as they come? that you took on that cross all of my sin and all of my brokenness and you made a way for me to be made new I give my life to you Jesus I ask that you would be Lord of all of my life I trust you Jesus I thank you for these women, Lord God. I thank you that as of today, they are going to be transformed, Lord Jesus, that every bit of guilt and shame and brokenness in their lives, that you are going to wash that away, Lord. And I pray that your freedom and your wholeness would fill their hearts. I pray that hope would arise within them again, Lord, and that you would make them new, and make them new, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jess. Won't you give Jess a hand for that wonderful message?